We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Morris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Morris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Morris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Backliners podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. But this time, joined by the one, the only, Paul Hazer. Hey, is, is Hazer your last name as well? Uh, no, just Hay. Just Hay. Hey. Paul Hazer Hay uh, joining oh, us yeah. here on the podcast. Hazer, I will say um, that you are one of the more requested guests on the Backliners podcast. Can you believe that? Uh... I don't know. No, that's crazy. A retired, a retired SPL coach. Everyone's just begging to, <laughs> yeah. to have you on. And, and that I mean, sounded really um, toxic. And I didn't mean it to sound super toxic. <laughs> but uh, that's the way it came out. So there's nothing I can no, do about it. Don't now. worry about it. I think I think, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing with coaches. It is toxic whether you want it to be or not. Mm. That's what it is. That's right. And, and, and the fact that you were a coach is going to play into our topic that we have a little bit later on, um, but we can save that for a little bit because I want to talk about SPL this week because I missed SPL, guys. I didn't watch any SPL last weekend. Uh, I was a little bit busy getting married, so I had to do my thing. Uh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you. Chat's asking to see the ring. Here it is. There's the ring. You saw it now. Um, Ooh. But. Sorry. 
SPL last week, can you guys give me a quick rundown? I watched the recap video that we put on the Smite Pro YouTube that everyone should be uh, should be checking out, by the way, that Dave and Finch do. Um, but Barra, what happened in your games last? Give me, give me the, give me the, the elevator pitch. You didn't play at all. No, who'd we play? I don't know. Oh, I'm asking you, you guys, man. You guys played Ghost on Sunday and Obey on Friday. Oh, I heard oh, you, okay. you wiped the floor with Obey Alliance. Is that true? Yeah, okay. So our first game was pretty good against Obey. And then our game two, which is what our... That game was a juicer. So basically, we got our <laughs> picture-perfect draft into everything that they drafted, which was like Thoth, Thoth Rama backline. And, dude, I saw the turnabout pick, and I was like, who are they going to snipe if we don't have a backline? So we were like set <laughs> mid, and I was trying to bog, and then I remember one fight. Oh yeah, they had Suki too. Sino went on me, and I just ulted across the team fight. He chased me down. I went into the wall, and I'm like, "What are you gonna do, Sino?" Like, that's awesome. You can't touch me. And then our ghost set. Um, is it bad that I don't remember it because I feel like my memory intentionally deleted mm. that set? You wiped it I off the like, hard drive. Yeah. Um, the obeys. The obey games were fun. Um, oh, okay. I, it just clicked. Um, this so is the game... longest elevator ride of my entire life, for the record. Because I asked <laughs> the elevator... Did you say elevator pitch? Yeah, okay. I said elevator pitch. Uh, Where are we that's... going? Yeah, yeah. We'd like, uh, we're going to the top like, of the Empire State Burj Building. Khalifa <laughs> or something, Yeah, seriously. Know? I think we're on well, floor 73 now. Okay, go ahead, Barra. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. All right. So, game two. <laughs> <laughs> so, game two, we had a big lead, and we have a terrible siege on their duo Phoenix, and we basically lost the game off of that. Mm. TL, TLDW for you, we had a terrible siege. Well, we should have gotten the free Phoenix on. We messed up the siege really bad. Literally, all of us individually played the Phoenix siege bad. Everyone had at least one mistake, one crucial mistake that they made on that Phoenix siege, including myself. And you didn't die, we, right? I didn't die, but we didn't get the Phoenix. Sounds like you played Jake it perfectly. Died. Sounds well, like Jake true. misplayed. Okay. It's so annoying, like, getting that Phoenix, and then it gets to 500 HP, and you're like, okay, now they're going to engage. And then Sam blinked on me, and I dashed out instead of dashing in. If I dash in, I get the Phoenix, and then... I don't know, but we should have played the Siege way more aggressive. We played it way too passive. And I'm lucky. Let, I watched it back from PCAT's point of view, and he's literally just sitting behind the Phoenix's Rama untouched and i'm like okay every time i feel like we're sieging even numbers like 4v4 i'm getting pressured and then i watch it back up from pcat's perspective and watch it back as a team and i'm just like why is he untouched like he should not be able to sit here behind the phoenix and just shoot autos yeah, like uh that's just not Hazer, in case you're new here yeah. uh, a running a running bit on the podcast it's not really a bit um but i think it kind of is <laughs> at this point is that is barra thinking that panda cat uh, has infinite space to work with at all times. Um, that is true. And that Panda Cat, Bear is not saying Panda Cat's not a great player because obviously he is. He sucks. But he's only <laughs> great because of the amount of space he he, space he like Barra just has constant panda cat envy at all times i do I, I don't know why i didn't bring this up to him when he was on the show he just constantly has because <laughs> it would have been awkward it would have been awkward for him I'm, i, I would have yeah, felt bad well, it's like it's like me being like hey uh hey like my boy really likes your girlfriend and it's like what do you say to that you know what i mean like it, that's what Barra's saying to panda's frontline like man i really uh, wish that were me um 
with with going. with your front line. Uh, God, I wish that were me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like Barra's just watching this back. Barra's mad, so mad watching this Phoenix mm-hmm. siege back from Panacat's yep. perspective. Like he's not getting like, touched, and Barra's just fuming. How is their backline? Un- <laughs> it doesn't make sense, man. Like <laughs> someone touched Thorns Osiris. Why is yeah. he on top of him? Get in there. What are you guys doing? So yeah, we we lost the game there. Game Unlucky. one. I choose to forget. I think we got stomped or something. Oh, they ran like a super. They ran Finner support and we got stomped. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was it. That's a that's a that's a Mike classic, I suppose. The uh, the Fender yeah. support into running it down. True oh, combo. It was God. a Wheelish as well. Sam yeah, on the they talked oh, to a Wheelish, and we didn't counter pick it at all. And I'm and then they go Fender, and I'm like full pressure, and then we lose the game. Yeah. What do you, how things. do you counter pick? How do you counter pick Fender? They already took the you Wheelish. First picked Serb, right? You first picked Serb to take it away from Mike and to give it to Harry, and they just snap picked the Wheelish, if I remember right. That was oh, one. we did do that. Yeah, yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, we hate that. Another running bit uh, on the podcast oh, now that I've great. decided me. is oh, uh, is yeah is Barra <laughs> is Barra's D Barra going over picks and bands going yeah we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Is that not a running bit from like four seasons? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yep. Barra, so. do you just like? I feel like when you do nail the draft, you must feel like the game is so easy. You're like, why do yeah, I do this all the time? Game to obey. Like, they literally didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Like, you guys should do that more often, huh? That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, Maybe why give it are you first picking Serb? <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Hazer, you now have three floors left to go on our elevator ride to sum up Yo. the rest of the SPL last week for me. Well, it's pretty good because I don't remember what happened. Let me Perfect. have a look. So Ghost <laughs> versus United. Ghost won. That okay. was exciting. Yep. And then there was obviously the Renegades Obey set, which we've already talked about Saturday. Yeah. I didn't actually watch. I did watch this back, but I didn't watch this live. SSG versus Sanguine. SSG won 2-0. Big Banger. news for them that they won. Okay. Yep. And then on Sunday, again, another game we've already talked about. So I need to cover that. Ghost versus mm. Renegades is already done. Easy. Mm-hmm. Love to oh, see yeah. it. Oh, yeah, because there was sets. there was two sets yep. gone. Yeah there was, uh, yeah, there was no PK sets. That, that did make so, me feel yep. good because I always feel bad uh, taking time off because, like, on days like today where it's two, three-hour-long sets, like, your brain as a caster just... It can't exist anymore. <laughs> There's not enough... There's just not enough up there for any of us. I think I speak for all of us when I say we're working with so little to start with. Um, <laughs> and then you stretch that out over a long period of time. It's just GG for us as far as I'm concerned. Um, moving on to SPL this week. I, I think the the big takeaway that I had, um, I don't want to go over every single set, but I think the the big, the best thing that we can do is, is kind of talk about it from a more zoomed out perspective. And in that... Um, Teams are having a lot of trouble ending games these days. Yeah. I don't know what has happened. I don't know if it's the the mid picks, because usually when teams are having trouble sieging, it's because gods like Thoth and Opwash and Merlin and Zeus, like these really good defense mages are in the meta. And Thoth is in meta. Merlin kind of is. But I don't really think it's like we're not seeing Kukul Khan. We're not seeing things like that. In fact, I would argue that more mid mages right now are good on the offense. Like Ra is a fantastic offensive siege character because he sustains you on, on failed attempts. Why do you guys think it's taking so long? 
Or why do you think all of a sudden, because it's not just one team, it's like every single team is having to, to claw to end the game all of a sudden. Hazer, have you noticed like a trend on that or anything? Sure. Yeah, I've seen a few things. I think a lot of it is just sloppiness from the team looking to end. You see things like a duo side Phoenix goes down. You should never, ever not be winning the game from there, to be frank, from like a... a, a outside looking in point of view from a coach's point of view or whatever yeah you have uh the duo side phoenix take and a lot of times you see spl teams end up taking a 5v5 at fire which you should never do and i think they make silly mistakes like that a lot of the time and the other thing i think is that the defending teams have gotten a lot better as well at making things scrappy it's quite mm -hmm. renegades are actually very good at it. barriers team are very very good at it they just kind of go and they will make a play from nowhere sort of and just make you kind of fight them and make you kind of uh, put you under pressure and, and make you more prone to mistakes, which I think defending teams have been a lot better at. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's maybe a reason we've seen it. We see a lot of sort of one-for-ones, two-for-twos, which prevent fires happening, prevent sieges happening and delay things. And it just stretches the game out and lets you get your items online. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And teams really understanding much better these days that one for one as a defending team is super good for you, especially if you can like suicide your soul laner for their hunter, you like win mm -hmm. off of that. Yeah. Anytime you can take out their hunter, it's just a hard win for you. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike any other site, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it very fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now and use Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And guys and gals, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Barra, what about you? I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about because, like, you, like every team, is having trouble sieging right now. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you guys kind of identified? Fresh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, you know, hypothetically, uh, if you were if a you team were that, that, right, yeah. if you were to be mm -hmm. having these, you, your friend is having these types of issues, um, um, what are you telling your friend? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Hazer like nailed it honestly I think defending teams you kind of have like a primary target that you can go after and a lot of times it's the hunter and even if you poke out the hunter or force both his relics and you still have one or two blinks up you can't step back up safely which happened today um, in the sanguins that we just watched uh, Netroid stepped back up Gino plucked him into duo phoenix and mm -hmm. teams are just so good at abusing relics and Teams need to make a lot of space for hunters to hit the Phoenix because it's really hard as a hunter to step up and hit the Phoenix safely because you're always playing that fine line as a hunter 
of how much do I want to bait the engage? How much do I actually want to get engaged on? How low do I do we want to get the Phoenix Warrior back out before we stay in? Do we want to full commit? And it's really hard. Like you're making, it's another basically fire giant play of where are we dancing the line? Like how low are we getting fire before we're fighting? Um, are we blinking into full engage? Like you're making all those decisions and it's very, very, very complicated when you're doing it in the game. Like you're getting there, basically you're getting their duo tier two and then the time you're walking from there to the Phoenix, you have to make a whole plan yeah. of what you're doing on that siege. And I think a lot of it is what Hazer said, where defending teams are just very good at defending now and like giving you just enough space to like, all right, guys, once the Phoenix hits like 500 to like 1,000 HP, then we're going to full commit and we're going to mm -hmm. bait them in because he's, he, the Hunter is in like a position to get gone on and it's very hard to siege. And I do think the, again, I think Hayes was correct, was saying the teams that have been on the offense have been sloppy because it's just, you're walking such a fine line now in SPL and every team is so good. And you've been in those Phoenix defenses so much that you know exactly what to do. And for some reason, sieging on offense is harder than defending. I mean, obviously there's a Phoenix there, but like, I don't know why it got so sloppy or like so hard. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Also a lot of botched end calls this week in particular. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. H Hazer, you can kind of speak to this, I think on a level a little bit more similar to me where like, sometimes you're looking at a game and you're like, well, obviously they can end there. And then they, go to mm. mid Phoenix instead. And you're like, what mm. are you doing? And then other times, instead of cleaning Phoenixes, they try and end. And that, a good example was a United today. They get, they killed two or three people. They try to end. They don't end. And then they don't even get fire after winning a team fight three for nothing. Uh, that mm. they probably could have just backed up and, and won the game off of that. Whenever you were coaching, was that like a big? How often did you encounter that situation, and how do you handle that with your, with your players afterwards? Um, <laughs> oh, it's a sore spot. Well, it's a little bit unrelated. But <laughs> God damn, man! Worlds last year. Oh yeah. Side Phoenix pushes. I'd nonstop told the team. You know, after you get fire, don't push that solo side Phoenix. It never ends well. We do it. Yeah. It was game three, up mm -hmm. against uh, SK. We lose, we get reverse swept, but no problem. It didn't hurt that much. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it. That's I, good. Yeah, no, it's just fine. Um, <laughs> I think uh, a lot of the problems are, I think you see certain teams where I think they just, they, they are too keen to end too fast. I think Ghost are maybe the most, oh, strangely yeah. for being such a very, very, very strong team towards the top, they're maybe the most guilty of it. They just go for these end calls all the time. They get overconfident. They make mistakes late game. I think it's... Um, I think it can be just being too confident in your own calls. And also, I think I think there's better ways. I, I prefer, you know, you were saying you see teams go for the, not go for the end when you think they could end. They go for a Phoenix instead. I much prefer that. I think, um, and, and and I think if you see Worlds games, I think we'll be much more likely to see that rather than risky end games. I think when there's yep. more on the line, teams will be more careful and more safe and not test their limits so much, you might say. Um, sometimes you want to make the end call because you feel like you've got it. Sometimes you definitely do have it and you mess up. But a lot of the like kind of in the middle ones, you could be getting a Phoenix and essentially winning the game. You have two Phoenixes mm -hmm. down. You have mid and duo side Phoenix. You have essentially won the game. In my opinion, the game is won. You just need to not mess up horrifically from there. And it's done. Um, so I'm much more of a conservative end call man, mm. I guess. <laughs> if you were okay. going to... If you're going to nail me down for one of those, I'd be like, nah, don't end. I actually, yeah, my current team, I'm very much a 
let's not end. Let's go fire. Let's go do fire instead. <laughs> let's go do that. We, we got fire. stuff to do. Yeah, we got stuff to Emma do. Emma was like, end, end, end. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that dynamic totally checks out to me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that, uh, that, that brings up an interesting question in my mind is that, it, look, I'll, we can call a spade a spade here. Sometimes when the game is like 18 minutes in, a team is up 9K we all know the game is effectively over, right? My job is to say it's not over and that people mm. should stay watching and buying gems, <laughs> by the way. And that's tough sometimes for me. So you'll hear me use the term 99 percenter a lot. I, I mm. love that term because I think it, it conveys what I want to convey is that if they don't completely throw this, this should be effectively over at that point. <laughs> what... <laughs> Bear, have I said that about your team yet this year and had the, had you guys lose? I think I did. That sounds That's about right. Sino said shit. Oh, what did Sino say? Uh, we, we lost, lost 10K 10. up at 20 minutes. Yeah, that's a 99 percenter, Sino. So that 1%, you just got unlucky. That's all there is to it. Um, what, do you, what, what do you guys consider, like, do you ever think in the middle of your game, like, okay, we should, this should be over at this point. Like, if I had to ask you, at what point do you feel like it's a 99 percenter? Can you give me a scenario that you feel like, I mean, Hazer, you were just saying duo and mid Phoenix are both down. You feel like it's pretty much over at that point. Is that kind of the, the, the line for you? That's probably my metric, but sometimes you do get it earlier. It really depends on the game. You can be ones where like you invade four red buffs in a row and purple mm -hmm. buffs and you kill them a couple of times. And you're like, dude, <laughs> this is done. Yep. This is a put a, put a bow on it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But sometimes, equally, you know, I, I don't know. You can you can definitely lose those games, especially in scrims. I think scrims is the, oh, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're never over. Um, <laughs> they're never over until a four until you're in a fourth game of scrims, and then those games are kind of early. But yeah, um, I would say that the two phoenix rule is my my go to. If you if you get two phoenix, if you get mid and duo side phoenix, especially, even if you just get duo side phoenix without it going disastrously wrong. I think at that point, the game's off and over. If you get EFG and you kill one or two people, the game's off and over. Those are mm -hmm. sort of my two, my two go-tos. Yeah. What, Bear, how about for you? I was going to say playing or like when I'm in the game, I feel like if we're up 5K by like 10 to 12 minutes, it feels over. Because mm -hmm. you kind of, the snowball rolling, you've most likely gotten gold and pyro and you're starting to kind of strip all the jungle away from them. If you're not already doing that with a such a substantial lead, um, and then obviously when like all the phoenixes are down, but I feel more confident in like early game leads than late game leads. I feel like when you're up like 10k by like 35 minutes, it's still anyone's game because mm -hmm. um, so many fires are so hard to do, and because I feel like the same way about fire giant than that phoenixes right now are like sieging in general, where so many things can go wrong and there's so many variables in play when you're dancing around the objectives that it's really hard to just finish the mm -hmm. game sometimes or like you watch teams dance around efg and they have a 15k lead but their team comp isn't great at doing fire so then the enemy team's sending in one by one by one and they're trading relics and trading either one for twos and even in like sometimes you get like a 3v4 and you're the four and you still can't do fire and it's like Okay, it's a wash. Back to fire. Here we go. We're standing here. Let's get out deep vision. Hopefully, like, we get more wards and them or better vision. And we can go for another pick. And then it's like you use three ults on a frontliner. And then they're like, hey, they triple ulted our frontliner. We can still take the fight afterwards. So. Yeah. 
those leads late game are really hard to watch because you just have to play the offensive so perfectly. Um, but I, I feel way more confident, confidently about like pre 20 minute leads, I would say. I think that reflects so, in the way you guys like to, to pick and ban and play. I think yep. uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, just before we jump off this topic, yeah, yeah. I got a quick one. Sorry, it was mentioned sure. in the chat as well, but they, we have sort of a recurring bit over on my stream where if a team's winning in that kind of situation you know you do you do your 99 percenter mm. what I, I used to go to football matches and there was a there was a fan at the football match they used to go who when like the team was two nil up they used to go nothing can go wrong now and everybody <laughs> hated them everybody, and i do that for the sbl matches and i also put on my obey gear whenever they're winning oh and yeah it, it really it really is a big jinx it's mm-hmm. i don't know i have a i have a good time with it but man i'm starting to i'm starting to think i need to put that stuff away permanently yeah obey can go wrong now is great i love it obey and united are definitely the two teams that nothing no lead is safe (laughs) for them or for their opposition um i should never say 99 percent against or for either of those teams because it feels like they always find a way to either get rid of their lead or or kind of roll it back Mm -hmm. onto their side uh which is a good quality to have in the sense that you're never out of it but Maybe we finish those, fellas? I don't know. Uh, okay, moving on to, uh, to our main topic of the night. From what I have been able to gather through very limited uh, research or um, anything, I'm just assuming, to be honest with you guys, uh, I assume that a lot of our viewers slash listeners are people who are aspiring to get better and potentially even play competitive smite at some point i'm assuming a lot of our viewers and listeners want to be able to compete in something like the smite open circuit challenger circuit or eventually spl and so one thing that that i get asked a decent amount is how to go like how to watch your own gameplay and improve and i think it is it's a better question than it seems like on the surface because going back and watching your gameplay i think the vast majority of what people are likely to do just based on what people in chat are saying whenever I'm playing or SBL is playing or something like that is you lose a team fight and you go, oh, well, I missed that skill shot. And I think that is like the worst way to review your gameplay possible because you can't, you're going to miss skill shots eventually. And, and that like, obviously the goal should be to hit everything that you can, but so much more important for improving as a player are, everything besides your mechanical skill because mechanical skill will come to you as you practice but i just kind of wanted to talk about and i thought it was very fitting that we had hazer on as a coach to talk about how to improve it without worrying about your mechanics because that that'll kind of come uh later on in, in in second nature so paul i'm assuming that whenever you were watching your games back as a coach you weren't often well maybe you were you did have raffer commenting on missed <laughs> abilities um <laughs> But more so about, like, decision-making, the way someone moves around the map, relic usage, uh, uh, that kind of stuff. I assume that's a little bit more important. Yeah, so I would very much try and avoid bringing up missed abilities. I just don't think it's a very effective form of feedback from a coach's point of view for a professional team. I just don't think it's a good thing to say to teams that, you know, you lost because you... Unless unless they're talking about the play in particular, and you can say, you know, you... Yeah, you whiff the gabble. <laughs> it is right. what it is, you know, we move on from that. Right. Um, but typically, I think a mistake that a lot of people make when reviewing demos and reviewing VODs is saying that a game came down to a specific point or, or they got unlucky. That's a phrase I really hate. 
if you say you oh. lost an objective, you got kind of unlucky. Yeah, just unlucky, dude. We lost the fire. I, I really dislike that as a as a you know self as a self review thing. You know, there's a lot that went into. Okay, the game but you did just see Hurry's heroine leave Fire Giant at less than 90 HP, and then Merlin's first tick of Blizzard stole it. That's yeah. kind of unlucky, right? I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> unlucky in a way. But why didn't he just do more damage to the Fire Giant, and then I he would have got it? I agree. Um, no, the thing is, I think, like, too many, again, the, the, the fire giant might be a 50-50, and, and it is unlucky sometimes, you know, but there's a sure. lot that goes into the game that gets you to that point, even, where you've made mistakes. Those are the mistakes that mattered, in my opinion, not the 50-50 on the FG. Right. And maybe the call on the 50-50 on the FG is a mistake, but I think a much more important way to look at this is maybe not too geared towards individuals and more geared towards teams, I'm afraid, because I'm just better at that, I suppose, mm -hmm. but uh, it's looking at the, you know, the the all of the different things that came through a game. I think taking notes during a, a demo review is really important. Otherwise, you get fixated on a certain point. And you, you need to make your way through the game and look at all the different things that added up to you losing rather than just saying, oh, we messed up our draft. Oh, we messed up this pick. Oh, we messed up this fire giant. I, I really... That's something that really gets on my nerves when I hear it from players and teams is that they, they messed up one individual thing and that lost them a game because that's just not the case. Right. It's always... it. The, the, I, I say that a lot as well on stream, like... Oh, you know, we lost this fire giant but, or whatever, but if if we take it five steps back, almost certainly we could have done something better to put us in a position where that wouldn't have even been a possibility in the first place. Yeah. And you can do that for everything. It, it can You can start from, from minute one, basically. Uh, Barra, when, you, when you're watching your team's games back, what are some of the more common things that you guys are talking about? That was unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that said a lot. I'm sure that said a lot. Uh, no, I mean, genuinely, that has said a lot. That is, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. We dropped line. Yep. <laughs> in our, uh, you know, our reviews. Um, watching things back as a team is very hard sometimes, depending on your teammates and how people viewed the game. Because a lot of times you need to be on the same page with calls and, like, okay, Coming from last year, you can talk about things all the time, but actually putting them into practice is so much harder than talking about it. So that would be my number one tip is remember what you talk about. Anything. Mm. Like, we would VOD review and watch so many things back and go over at team fights or objectives or sieges, but then it was literally like we would make the exact same mistake like two weeks later. Yeah. And... If people aren't actually paying attention to what they're working on, they're not going to get better. And that's step number two is focus on one thing at a time. You're not going to fix everything overnight, okay? Like, if your objectives are the worst thing for your team or yourself, hard focus on that. Like, get your objectives working very well and very cohesively and then work back from there. Go to, like, laning phase next or whatever map play next after that. Mm -hmm. Just kind of break down the game into different, different, different little quadrants where you can easily focus on them and put notes on each one and break it down that way. Yeah, because a lot of people and myself included will just make the exact same mistake that I've made a few weeks ago or will pull an objective the exact same way that we did a few weeks ago and not zone two crucial members and they'll both get in. And then like we did the exact same fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, we try to do these relatively same fire play into a Cthulhu with Ult and Thorns. 
Mm. It was like a 2v5 and like a 1v5. And the Cthulhu ulting with thorns completely stops my DPS, completely stops Vin's DPS, and the fire is like a 4 or 5k, and we can't do damage through them or we'll kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we did the exact same play again, I want to say relatively recently. And I'm just like, why? Why are we doing this? We know it's a Cthulhu with thorns, and he does literally 200, 300 damage in ability. Why are we doing this? And... I feel like we did that with our siege. Like we, like we know we have to zone their backline. Why are we not putting pressure on them? And well, it's just Panda Cat ha- just has an aura about okay. it. You know? Like he just he's got a whole IKEA store to work with. So back to <laughs> Barrett instantly like tilting off the face of the planet, just thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. So I do feel like for a normal player or for like a ranked player. I think you can work on your mechanics a bit. I feel like focusing on your missed abilities is actually important because you need to figure out why you're missing those abilities. On the pro level, people miss. It happens. But uh, I think on a ranked level or like even your introduction into competitive play, you need to figure out why you're missing those abilities. If you're reading the juke wrong or if you're shooting too early, shooting too late, I think breaking that down and figuring out, like, if you're missing raw ones consistently or if you're missing thought ults or whatever ability it is consistently, you need to figure out why and figure out if they're just really good at juking or if you're aiming wrong or, like, not forcing them into the wall properly, X, Y, or Z. Just figure it Mm -hmm. out. And then positioning as well. I kind of, I don't know. Is that mechanical skill? No, I don't think that's mechanics. I I think think that's different. Okay. Um, I think positioning is very important for literally all five people. Yep. Like as a support or as a frontliner, you need to figure out your proper zone. And that is very difficult. And zoning at all levels of play is very difficult, in my opinion. Like knowing when to ult, when to press thorns, when to use literally any of your abilities is very difficult at a high level. Yep. And same for backliners, like knowing... Dude, if you get blinked out by a circuit, you need to know if you're going to be the taunt or the ult, if you're going to CC a unit. Like... You can play it three different ways, and you need to figure out which one is the best for that situation. Or if you're wanting to bait so your other backliner can free cast, so you want to intentionally not beads that and beads the ult instead, so you can get out of the fight a little later. You need to figure out what's best, and that's very difficult. And so breaking down your gameplay at literally all parts of it for each role is very difficult. I'll yeah. let you talk here because my throat's getting a little dry. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. Uh, <laughs> right. That's what I'm here for. Uh, no, I think that that's definitely a good a good thing. I, I think that understanding that it's not all going to happen at once, and I think that Barra's advice of picking one part of the game and really working on that uh, is a good one because really, I, I you know, I'm thinking from a mid perspective because that's where I play, and... Mm-hmm. Every single rotation out of mid, I'm thinking, is this worth it? You know, how many waves am I going to miss? How many kills do I need to get to make it actually worth it? All of that kind of stuff is really, really important. Um, And if you can, I mean, when you go back, the way that replays work in Smite, you know, you'd have to have someone spectating in order to generate a replay, but record your own screen in OBS. Just go back and every time you leave mid lane, you should be asking yourself, is this rotation worth it for me? You know, is this a good rotation? Every single team fight should be, why did I path this way? Should I be go? Should I have gone this way? Should I, was I hitting the right person? You know, all of those things are more valuable than, oh, I should have, you know, double sniped this guy. Like, like Barra said, I mean, if you're dropping 1v1 kills, I think that's the most important part of like making sure your mechanics are on point, but 
positioning and, and when you're rotating and where you are in team fights and who you're looking at and your relic timing is is so important like there are so many little micro bits that you can work on even if you aren't getting a top down even if you're just um recording your own point of view uh mm-hmm. okay chat's gonna riot if i ignore it any longer god <sighs> hazer you know what's coming here don't you yeah yeah okay. so for those who were unaware uh fafnir's passive is that Fafnir gains protections for the amount of gold he has not spent that is sitting in his inventory. The usual support start is Guardian's Blessing, Boots 1, 4 Health Pots, and a Hand of the Gods. That leaves you a 0 golden hand. 6% movement speed from the Boots 1. Hazer really hates it whenever he sees Fafnir players pick up Boots 1 because he believes that the extra prots you get from leaving the gold in your pocket is more important than the 6% movement speed. And you don't think it's close, it sounds like, Hazer. Is this correct? No, not really. I mean, it's like 12 of each prot. It's a lot for the early game. You can tank the wave. You feel so much more tanky. The 6% MS doesn't really matter. You want to, you're a faff. You want to, you don't really want to pressure anyway. You want to sit near your tower. You're not running about anywhere. You're not going anywhere, man. What do you need the MS for? I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Every week, I see an SBL player build boots one on faff. And I even have PBM come on my chat and be like, yeah, you know. The 6% of that is a lot. I'm like, dude, you just, you just want to be right. There's, there's no, I, I, yeah. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. 12 of each props, man. Barrett, do you have a stance on this? Because I think I do. Uh, I actually told Jake not to buy boots on Fafnir. Yes, like, before dude. people were doing it, I was like, why aren't you yes. doing this? Like, it seems really smart. And then people started doing it. I was like, AC brain, baby. Dude, genius. So, all you have to do yeah. is watch Hazer's stream and you'll get smarter. That being said, uh, I think you might be wrong on this one, Hazer. Really? <laughs> okay. Here, and here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Wait, I actually have to look up the numbers to see if I'm right because uh, I'm going based on an assumption here. But I need to see how – what is the cap? Uh, like it's a thousand gold okay mm-hmm. 25 prots and 1000 gold i believe 25 so 12 prots. prots for the 500 from boots you also get an extra pot it's worth knowing yes an extra pot is nice but i don't feel like i've been playing a lot of support recently in ranked i don't feel like i often need an extra health pot i often feel like i would rather have like a, a multi-pot or something like that i'm usually well i'm abusing herc every game so i'm always Depends on, on totem diff yeah 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 and i'm always getting totem diff let that be clear um <laughs> i just feel like by the time you get to lane, you know, you hog purple your, or you do purple and alpha, something like that. Yeah, 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 alpha. Is the difference that big on when you would hit that 1,000 gold cap anyways? You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, yeah. It's, it's pretty big, but I don't know. Like, me being able to – you're basing right on, at the same time anyways because you're leaving the 500 gold in inventory, right? So it's not yep. like you're, you're messing with your reset at all. But – I just feel like I might be able to get those prots anyways. And Paul, what if I'm slamming him with, you know, I'm doing my little, Fafnir has the funniest auto attack animation, man. He, he <laughs> moves so much and swings this hammer and it just like, ding, yeah. like, it's like, if you're, on, if you're on them, they're trying to juke the hammer the whole time. You're hitting them with your hammer. They're like the ones coming. They're like, whoa, I'm all over the place. I'm juking it. I'm juking it. You're just bam, bam, bam. bam. They're, they're if not you don't want 6% movement problem. speed for that? You don't, you don't want it? I don't need it. I'm not using my one ever. They're not moving. They're just, they're going side to side. They're like, dude, he's going to, he's got a hammer at some point. I'm like, no, I don't. Bam, 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 bam. I got 12 prawns. I can attach these, I can tank these archers forever. It's going to be fine. Um, 
Okay. I will try it. Sounds, it. it sounds like you're saying I need to run at people as fast. I don't know, man. Well, what, what, what lanes are you playing in? Listen, I'm playing in the lanes where I'm inting, and that's all that matters. Oh, oh, I've discovered yeah, this so recently. I. I discovered this recently. I don't know if I came to this revelation on the podcast or on my stream, twitch.tv slash aggro, by the way. Uh, I've discovered that I'm bad at laning. It doesn't matter what lane I'm in. Mid included. I suck at the laning phase. I am a nuts team fighter. Like, you get me to level 20, full build, I feel confident against really good players. But I mess up in the laning phase all the time. All the you know time. It's because you're building Boots 1. That's what it is. Yep. It is. I'm, I'm not building Boots 1 in mid, Paul, and I'm dying level 2 yeah. to the jungler every other game, man. Maybe, maybe <laughs> like, you're there. I don't know. Maybe the, MS, maybe the 6% there is going to turn the turn the corner for you in, in support. That's what it is. I'm telling you. Maybe. Are you watching your VODs? I should be watching my VODs. I really should. I'm not even kidding because they are ugly, man. I just make mistakes all the time in the laning phase. I mean, you put me in a, in a, in a hyper joust, you know, level 20 full item situation. I'm feeling good about my odds. But mm-hmm. as soon as you introduce a level one laning phase, I just suck. Well, I don't know what you know, it is. What are you struggling with, yeah? I got a mental block. That's what it is. Because uh, I've got a mental – it's mental now. Paul, I need you to coach me on this. I need you to come on and coach me through a laning phase because uh, I'm just making mistakes left and right, I feel like. Yeah. We can make a series of it. It could be great. You know, be that, could be, that could be a good Quality series. Content. That is good content. I like that idea. A little collab that we're setting yeah, up right powerful. here. I like it. Um, okay. There's another question that I'm being forced to ask you because – well, I'm not being forced yet, but I know everyone will ask me. <laughs> If there, I like to lose worlds four times. No, 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 no. no. I know what that feels oh, okay. like. It can't feel good. Oh, I know that too. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know what it feels like to win worlds too, yeah, right? Don't, don't give us this. Don't give us this, Barra. <laughs> well, I, let me ask you this, Barra. Would you rather have it in the way you've had it, where you won worlds first and then lost every other worlds after that, or would you rather have had the win kind of dotted in there in the middle? You know what I mean? I mean, Zap's arc was kind of good, right? Zap's arc was great. Yeah. yeah. So. But I mean, that was a lot. Can I say? I say I, I don't think Zab gets enough credit. That must have been so much pressure for him mm-hmm. to be like a pinnacle of smite. The one thing he's missing is a world championship. He hasn't gotten that many opportunities to go deep on world's runs. This is all, that was mm-hmm. only what his second semifinal that he made it to yeah, that year. Eager season three. Eager season three was his only other on. semifinal. He. I, be, I think if I were in his shoes, I would have felt a lot of pressure, right? That would have been a lot. Not only did he not let it affect him, he played out of his mind in the World's Finals. Like, he, that is the best smite I've ever seen Zap play. And that is, mm-hmm. that's like tough, man, to come out and in the biggest game of your life, and you've been playing for like seven years at that point, to save your literal best game for the most important set of your life. That's impressive. I don't think it gets enough credit for that. I think some days you're just like, you're like, I can't lose today. Like, yeah, but, ev- yeah, but like, goat, what are the odds that lose. that lines up? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, apparently pretty good for all of PK on that weekend. <laughs> they, they, I mean, you're right. Sorry. Sorry, Hazer. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they did lose to us twice in a row, but then we happened to yeah, lose three times in a row, which is more than twice. Which yeah. is unlucky for the record. And that means you lose. <laughs> that do- that does mean that you lose again. Can I say a funny story? Um, I I did sure. the uh, I did the player spotlight with Vote a little bit ago. You can watch on the Smite Pro YouTube. And I'll be honest with you guys, Vote did not seem invested for the vast majority of this interview. <laughs> I like to think I do a pretty good job most of the time. Getting you know, I, I feel like we've got a good back and forth going. Vote was not into it that day <laughs> <laughs> until 
I brought up him losing in Worlds oh. in back-to-back years, and he locked in instantly. Like, I really struck a nerve with that one. And I could tell that it just, like, I could see the pain in his eyes instantly. Um, so I, I, yeah. I felt bad for him in that moment. I really did. I really felt for it. And I'm seeing that same pain in Hazer's eyes right now. Yeah. Lost the winners four years in a row. <laughs> oh. No problem. It's not like, you know, it's not like I wanted to win. So, yeah. I feel like you it's should have wanted to win, right? That would have. Yeah. Uh, that might have turned it around if I wanted to win. But luckily, I'm not so sad because I didn't mind mm. that the other teams mm. got to win instead of me. It's mm. all about other people's joy and bringing happiness to others. Precisely. What That's a selfless what man. For. That's what, what I'm in this esports gaming for. To see <laughs> other people be happy. <laughs> right. Not oh, a man. not you to be happy or make money oh, no, no, or no. be like famous yeah. in the scene. It's it's more about other people getting all of those things. No, exactly. Yeah, same. I got my piece of the pie and then I dipped. So Yeah, that was it was good of you. It's it was very good kind. Very, very Not kind. to take too many pieces. Not like those energy no. boys taking two. No. So, so selfish. Greedy. So How dare selfish. they? The rapper's still reaching for some like He's still trying. Stop. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even let me win. I mean, Kenneth's clearly not trying anymore, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> rapper's the only one trying. Oh. Trolling, oh. but Trolling. Oh. Oh, okay. What, a little banter is it allowed? I thought I had a Scottish guy on. I was allowed to have a little bit of banter. Clearly not. Dude. Jeez. Okay. You cannot. Kenneth is the best player to ever touch Smite. He's the best player to ever touch Smite. He's still one of the best junglers in the whole league. Uh, he's a great player. Radiance is a great team. Um, I'm sorry. He's trying really hard. <laughs> He's trying his best. And I truly do believe that. I truly do believe that. Listen, man, wh- <laughs> why do I get blown up for that? I, I thought you guys are going to be laughing with me. Oh, yeah, they're playing bad. Okay, moving on. Because uh, they were like struggling this year. Right, that's the joke. Yes, that's the joke, Vera, that yeah, they're struggling this. Fred. Oh, come Dude. on. Yeah, like if... If he was playing bad and they were winning, I'd be like, all yeah. right. You know. oh, man, that's oh, <laughs> great. oh, great. Now Hindu man's in the chat saying, wow, even I wouldn't have said that too far. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm the savage now, apparently. It's true. Oh, God. All right. Well, if it's someone, if someone's got to do it. I guess I'll do it. That's all there is Marriage to it. It changes the person. Dude. It sure does. I'm yeah. Boy. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not worried about <laughs> it anymore, I guess. Um, all right. Hazer. If you guys, if you get off this episode and I haven't asked, I don't want to make this a thing though, man. I don't want, cause I'm, Bear and I are right. We don't have to keep bringing this up. If one gorilla went against 100 Mifflins, the gorilla would win in a fight to the death. It just would, right? Listen. Oh no. I'm a, I've, got, I've, yeah, I've got a degree in science. <sighs> okay. I would like to make that known before I bring this up. Is and, it computer uh, science? <laughs> literally computer science is okay. literally like science with computers okay. maybe the most scientific method of all okay um because you don't need to do the math yourself the computer does it but basically i've run i've ran it i've ran it okay i've ran the simulation okay this is encouraging and the gorilla one it wasn't even close let's go he's a what? genius he's it so smart slammed them into the dirt uh oh all, all of them they didn't they didn't know what was coming they they ran in there and it was like a, how do they hurt it they can't hurt the gorilla. They tear his eyes out. That's what everyone says. That's what everyone says to me, Paul. Hazer, they, you know what they say to me? They go, they claw his eyes out. And I go, okay, you just made him more mad. He's not dead. He's got his eyes shut the whole time. He doesn't need this. He can hear them. That's right. He can smell you. He can he smell no you. He has no points. Every bit of him covered in fur. 
they fight other gorillas. How could humans hurt them without a tool, man? Like, what? They're used to fighting things 30 times stronger than you. Okay. I'm so glad that you're... We should have Hazer on every episode, man. Agreed. I feel like we haven't haven't had too many smart people. uh, uh, And and this man has a science degree, chat. Uh, uh, Computer science. No, no, no. Just science. Just science. I was using that. I was building that in in case you were. That was was built against me? Yeah, just in case. But no, but you you did the simulation, so it helps you. Yeah, computer science. Um, Under Mifflin's, right? Like you made the Mifflin's? Yeah, he oh. made a Mifflin's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I okay. gave him all the Mifflin statistics and all the Mifflin. Okay, got it. <laughs> right. Every one of them. Right, right. Of it's got to be good. It's got to be perfect. That has got to be good. All right. Uh, as you per usual, uh, to close the podcast, um, we uh, we usually have a pretty random question that is not uh, about gorillas or about Fafnir buying Boots One. Um, unfortunately, I have not thought of one. But I look to my left and I see an eaten Chipotle bowl. And this might be counting Hazer out a little bit, but or or not. Do you have a Chipotle order, Hazer? Could you could you share I, what I it would have be? had a Chipotle at least one or two? One Chipotle. Um, okay. No, I think I've had at least two. Okay, two Chipotle. Right. Let me let me give you a general burrito order, right? Oh, I'm please going, do. I'm going wrapped up. Okay. And this is previous to my current not eating meat slash not eating cheese. Uh, oh, are you going vegan? That I got going on. Well, yeah, I eat vegan at home. I did the whole last year. I eat okay. now. Sometimes I order food and I don't eat vegan, but sure. you know, it is what it is. My uh, some cheap. of my best friends they they eat vegan at home, and then uh, it, it's it's pretty hair and his fiance pretty hair d- then will crush a like fifty three ounce steak right in front of yeah. me like it's nothing. Um, yeah, that, and then his fiance Mackenzie mm. uh, still eats vegetarian whenever um, okay. whenever they go out. But that's it. That I'm impressed. I can never. I would literally would not get enough sustenance to survive if I were doing that. Yeah, I don't mind it really. I find it pretty easily. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, that. but anyway, if I'm in, if I'm in uh, X burrito, I don't know if it's Chipotle. I don't want to. No, no, yeah. Just give me your ideal burrito. When in there, I got a burrito. Right, we got some pulled. It's pulled pork. It's barbecue yep. pulled pork. Right, we got some barbacoa beans. Probably mm. pinto beans if I could choose which sure. beans we're throwing in. Which there. you can. I got <laughs> sour sour cream. Okay, you're a sour cream there. guy. I got cheese yeah, on there. Of course. No whack. That's like $2.50, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm not paying and that you don't for need whack. It. You don't joking. need it. You're yeah, joking me? I got sour cream and cheese. Right. You don't need just it. It's just uh, do I have anything else on there? Maybe like you a lettuce. I, like a, I could tomatoes? go some lettuce. I could go some shreds. I wouldn't go tomatoes on a burrito. I, I'm really? a big tomato man. Mm. I was saying I'm a big tomato man, actually. But ah, either I'm way, good. I'm a big man of red, that red fruit that yeah. disguises. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a better um, question. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I thought of a much uh, better question. A much better question. In there. But, do yeah. I have rice in there? Is that another question? Do yeah. Rice in- I do put I, rice in my burritos most of the time. I could go rice in a burrito, but if I could just have more of the other stuff, I would. Yep. Okay. Agreed. That's fair. All right, Barra, uh, give me your ideal um, Chipotle and or burrito order, and then I've got a do much just, better question. Okay. I was going to say, do you want to just speed run this? Cause, yeah, yeah, speed run this because uh, I've got a, best, a much better question. I don't care about the rice or beans. They're both delicious. I'll take either one. Okay, and that's then... that can't be true. You have to choose one. D- don't do this to me, Barra. When you go and you and the person's taking your it's... order, you don't say whatever you feel like. You tell them which one, <laughs> right? So tell Why me not? which one. Yeah, they, they can choose. I don't that's care. That's too much pressure. You do that to yeah, them? I, you can't. You can't be I'm asking giving, me. I'm giving you neither, dude. Oh, Give me half God. of each. Yes, you can't. No. Oh, 
God. Oh, Makes it up for me, you know. There's a thing with the curry in Scotland. You get half Stir it together. Half chips and curry. Oh. oh, I've never done that. But oh, oh chips, I... uh, chips is in fries. Sorry. Yes. No, oh, no that sounds good. <laughs> 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 but, back to my British burritos. Oh, truly also, random on the rice and beans. Okay. Don't get burritos. I just get bowls. Agreed. Um, oh, you're a bowl man. I'm a bowl I'm man a big as well. Bowl guy. Yeah. You get so much food, it's like a yeah. It's, yeah, you get more. You get more volume. You do yeah. for sure. And then you can it get the tortilla worth. on the side and make it yourself with mm-hmm. the extra food. Yep, I feel like you would do that. Uh, so do. sometimes, yeah, that's <laughs> legal. Yeah, they let me do I it all the time. Let me, let me finish. I get chicken, Sorry. and then I get everything but sour cream added on. Mm. I'm also not a sour cream guy. There. What else? What what is that? We we're, we're talking it's, cheese quack. Lettuce, Cheese, corn, yeah. queso, Ooh. lettuce, pico. I salsa, dude. Yeah. Both, yeah. yeah. both uh, salsas or sauces, whatever they are. Yep. And yeah, that's it. That's good. That's good. My that uh, Real quickly, my Chipotle order, um, as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of sauces, so I'm not, I'm not getting a whole lot of salsas on there. I'm going brown rice, no beans, because I don't like beans, because I'm still a child, mm-hmm. but extra brown rice in order to make up for the lack of beans. Yeah. Brown rice is not very childish. So. Thank you. And, and it tastes delicious. I go brown rice, chicken, cheese, and extra corn salsa. I love their corn mm. salsa, dude. Corn it is just good. so good. And then I put uh, my very favorite uh, George and Floyd's hot hot sauce on it. And then I mix it all together, and it's absolutely delicious. But here is the much better question that I should have asked. Is it Hazer is known. No, no, no. Hazer is known for his absolute love of wine so oh. mm. i wanted to ask you what your favorite types of wine were uh, is that for both of us or just him yeah everyone. do i go first yeah go Wait, for it or... uh i really like a rioja Ooh. It's spelled r-i-o-j-a very oh, nice is that uh, Spanish? wine as a general rule this is grapes not individual bottles sure. of wine by the way I'm, I'm not comfortable enough to say that i like specific wines sure um i, I don't like know if a rioja and I like a Cabernet Sauvignon a lot. Mm. And I don't know. I drink a lot of red wine. But if I yeah. were to go for a white, it would be a the German white wine I drink, which I've forgotten the name of. Oh, uh, Gewürztraminer. No, that's not the one, but it's close, oh, maybe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> German white wine. It's a Riesling, a Riesling. Oh, Riesling. Okay. Obviously, it's a Riesling. Now, do barrel. you know, so there are different types. Of, I'm very into wine because my uncle uh, started a winery when I was still working with him. Um, and so I was, I was very into it. Still, I, I love wine. Uh, there are different types of, of Rieslings. More, I'm assuming you mean a more European version, which is drier, uh, if I remember correctly. But there's also you get a non-German Riesling? Yeah, California Rieslings are a thing. Uh, for Ooh. Riesling grapes grown in California, um, and it's very different from what I uh, from what I understand. But I'm not a yeah. white wine kind of guy. I'm, really I'm a red wine kind of guy as well. But I do like a Riesling is quite dry. Yeah, a little bit sweet, but not not too sweet. Which I assume the California one. I I mostly love it because I went to uh, oh this is I'll do it quickly. But this is yeah. a funny story. I went to like a, a wine tour with my friend mm-hmm. Master Three Thousand. Shout out Master Three Thousand. He's a German smite player. Shout so I went to visit when I did my tour through Europe when I quit my job. It's all it's all very complicated. But whatever. Yeah, we went to like uh went to like uh <laughs> a, 
uh, like a it was it wasn't it wasn't like a we thought it was like a vineyard tour, but it turns out it was just somebody's house where wow. they talked to you about wine and they didn't speak any English, so they were speaking German the whole time to master three thousand. I was like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> wine, and uh, I bought like three bottles of their Riesling and took it home. Well, I didn't it didn't actually make it home for my trip, but I did Unlucky. drink it all. Well, uh, must have been delicious. delicious. And that's when I got into Riesling. It was well, great. there you have it. I like it. Uh, Bera, yeah, I didn't know what she was saying. If I had to guess uh, that you are looking up wines on your other monitor right now. <laughs> Which one do I nope. like? <laughs> no? Oh, okay. You're just well, completely okay. tuned out. What do you got? I was. Okay. I bought uh, two wines from Costco the other day. I was hoping they were in my. I was hoping they had like a history on their website ah. that I could just look at like my recent orders. Uh huh. Mm. But it's not on there. So I don't know what I have, but I had some delicious red wine the other day, and mm. me and Destiny destroyed the bottle. Was it sweet or dry? The flavor, the flavor profiles? Like yeah, how yeah. Did it... Give me... What did... <laughs> <laughs> so like, when you, when you swirled it about and nosed oh, it uh-huh. in your glass, What'd what, you smell? what kind of scents did you get? Red. Bread? Oh, no, bread. <laughs> way oh, too much bread. credit there, Hazer. Way too much. I thought you were saying it was one yeah, of the Again, a r- another running bit is that I am really in depth about my food opinions <laughs> and like really love that kind of stuff. And Barra is not. I asked what his to, to build his ideal sandwich, and he didn't know what type of bread he was getting. Hazer, he didn't have an answer for what type of bread. That's sad. Have you, have you got one now? I mean, no. I like wheat bread. Like, yeah, I think you said Publix wheat bread. Okay, what's wrong with Publix wheat bread? Nothing, man. It's good. It's All fine. right, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. At least I'm not getting mine from like a local bakery down the street where I knew their aunt for five years, and then she started in her basement, and now that's where I get all my breads from. They have to be age 72 hours before I can eat it. Ah, you don't want a 72 that? hour little rat. What is going on? on? What did you what do? You, you don't know anything about You, you enjoyed yourself as a man who doesn't know anything about bread. Yeah, that's just right. embarrassing, just, dude. What was that, man? What is going what? on? Are you on stale is it bread? Your uncle instead? No. It, you know what? I we got we had to start the podcast late. SPL ran long. I'm gonna say Barra's <laughs> just got sleepy brain, and that's all there is to it because I can't handle that. Um, it is late for him. Yeah, it is. It's very late for you, Hazer. I appreciate you uh, still staying on. Oh uh, yeah, sorry about that. I will say I'm a I'm a red wine drinker. Um, I don't like it quite as dry as you. Cab Sav is not usually my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. A good. I'm a sucker for for Malbec and Merlot because those are just easy. Mm-hmm. But my yeah. number one grape that I love very much is, uh, is Sangiovese. I don't know if you've ever had that before, but uh, it's, it's this really, um, it's S A N G I O V E S E. Um, it is a very complex, uh, dry until the very end. And you get a little, you get a little touch of sweetness right as you swallow. It's, delicious absolutely my favorite uh type of red wine and Barra, by the way i'm gonna bring some of my uncle's wine over to your place so you can try it at some point Um, i knew it was your uncle yeah you totally did hazer uh (laughs) a little bit unlucky for you um i can't really do that yeah i can't i really can't but whenever uh whenever you get the opportunity next remind me and i will get it i will get some specifically for you to try because i know you're you're such a wine guy uh thank you hazer again for for coming on the podcast hope uh hope you still are able to get a good night's rest before work tomorrow uh thanks everyone for watching and listening as per usual if you haven't yet make sure you guys are checking out all of the prediction esports podcasts that if you are into various other esports or other games in general um they probably got a show for you so make sure you guys are checking them out give us a good rating all that kind of stuff 
and uh, and we'll see you next time here on the backliners uh barra you know uh, what to do here bye that was a good one that was a good one bye oh a little guess one i like it i like it Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.